This is Sable from Orange County, California. I would rather walk on broken glass that had been sharded out of a rampaging hippopotamus than listen to I Doubt It with Dalimore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Episode 393 of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore. And seated right next to me, the beautiful, the talented, the lovely, and scholarly, my co-host, Brittany Page. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to take a moment and I want to give some Jesse D. praise. And this it, is a rare moment. And if you hang on, uh, hang on, <laughs> this, this 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 calls for. <laughs> yes, yes, very necessary. <laughs> I'm actually completely unaware of what this is a departure from what we were going to talk about with the Sam Harris stuff. So well, we're still going to talk about that. Uh, I'm not going to go like 10 minutes here. Relax. <laughs> I don't know how long you want me to go. I'm not going to go that long. I so, don't want you to go any longer. Okay, I don't know what you're going to say. Will you pipe down over there? Okay. God damn. So uh, everyone should give Jesse D some praise if you have a moment, um, because he has been very busy, very, very busy and rocking the statesmith situation um as as you may know you may not know i don't know you know um that jesse and drew are doing the daily news program monday through thursday on the dollamore youtube channel and also on statesmith tv on facebook so make sure you go like that facebook page and you've just been grinding it out so you deserve some praise for that. All your busy, hard work. Yeah. And you're tired. L- long days. Yes. And all, well, I guess, thank you, by the way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily, the stress is that I'm not a technical guy. Mm-hmm. So like one of the cameras, I can't get right to focus very well because it's these aren't just like point and shoot cameras. Right. And I, we don't have, you know, I'm... I'm director, I'm performer, I'm production assistant, I'm gopher, I'm janitor, I'm everything. <laughs> I'm editor, of mm-hmm. the, I do editing, I, everything that's technical. Yeah. Other than sit down and talk, and I do that too, I do. Right. And uh, it's a lot. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm very tired. It, it, is, it is a it, lot. It is... Uh, it's, it's tiring, Brittany. Yeah. I know. <laughs> But, you know, hopefully this show will be a refuge and you can come here and talk and relax. No, listen, and, and <laughs> I, no, I know you say that with a little with a little tongue in cheek action, mm-hmm. you know, the tongue in cheek action. Yeah, it's real I know nice. all about it. So I know you say it a little bit in jest, but that's true. I, I have I want to I want to shelter this show and what we've created here mm-hmm. from everything else that goes on. Yeah, I even. I don't want to double up on topics. Yeah. Like if we talk about something on the news show. Right. On Space, Space Smith News. Mm-hmm. I don't want to really bring that here and rehash it. Right. Now, Unless it's uh, super important. Yeah, of course, there's going to be things that we have to because it's so, it you know, there, there's gravity to it. Right. But, you know, I'm, uh, as you are, very protective yeah. of the podcast. Yes. It, it's, it's where we started. It's where we'll finish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I love, I love this audience. I, you, you guys are awesome. You've been very good to us, very kind to us. And I appreciate every single one of you who takes time out of your, uh, out of your busy weeks to allow us into your grimy, grimy ear holes. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. I would say this about the new show, though. We've gotten a lot of feedback. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I appreciate all the feedback. Don't stop giving it. But also keep in mind, since I do edit the show <laughs> and it takes me hours of staring at my own stupid mug and listening to my own... I, I I know I'm blurry. Yeah. I know uh, that the mi- there's mic issues. Mm-hmm. I know all that. Yeah. I would have to be a fucking moron. Yeah. To, to not, to not see recognize it. those things as mm-hmm. it's happening. Right. Um. So you're working on it. Keep that in mind <laughs> when you supply. Yes. Um. Uh, ideas mm. and and uh, production element advice. I, I get it, <laughs> and I I do appreciate. I'm not shitting on the advice. I I really appreciate. Because it means that they care enough to let me know. If people course, didn't give a fuck, they would just be like, well, I, I don't care if this sucks. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It be, they give the advice because they care, because they're concerned about the quality exactly. of the content. And, and I, trust you me, appreciate I appreciate that. Yeah. But I just want to let everybody know, as an aside. <laughs> the more obvious ones you get. Yeah, I fucking know. Okay. So, can we talk about this Sam Harris podcast? Oh, please. Okay. So, well, first of all, let me say this. You brought this to my attention because I don't subscribe to him anymore. And you, I don't, don't, you didn't listen to it. I didn't listen to it. Mm-hmm. That's not like wh- I'm disavowing what Brittany is saying. I trust. I did listen to one segment that you played today. Mm-hmm. And so, you can verify I'm telling the truth. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> he. Let me say this. Well, what... Go ahead. Well, okay. So... I I want to say that the podcast we're going to talk about is called White Power, <laughs> um, which seems like a bad title for him to make that. Um, anyway, so he sat down with Christian Piccolini. Yes, the the the, the, the renowned. He's been on with the Sarah Silverman. Yeah, he's former neo Nazi. Sorry, yeah, he's the former white supremacist um, who left the movement and went on to found this nonprofit organization life after hate and through that organization he meets with people that are still in the movement and tries to uh, convince them that they can leave and should leave and he gets them out of the movement he's a guy i'd like to get on the show i think you guys would have a lot to talk about yeah uh i don't i know he didn't grow up in white supremacy yeah, he came to it. Yeah, but I, I think it'd be an interesting, uh, it would be a great sit down. I, I, if he lived in Southern California, it'd be awesome to get him actually in. Yeah, so I... If anybody knows Christian Piccolini, <laughs> hey, do me a solid. Yeah, I I loved him on the podcast. I thought that he was awesome. The part that was concerning is the audience Q&A part. And Sam Harris does these events now where he travels across the country and people buy tickets to see him and I don't know how many people are in these theaters but I it's a substantial number of people I assume and the people that were some of these people asking these questions I was pretty disturbed so yeah for sure Christian Piccolini is talking about the problems with white supremacy and dog whistles and the problem with the alt-right and people on the right who are using language that appeals to white supremacists, dog whistles, whether or not they know it. Okay. 
Um, and people were getting up and asking questions about why he isn't talking about the problems on the left. <laughs> <laughs> you mean all the virulently racist um, <laughs> members of, of the Democrat Party who are who are calling for uh, the expulsion of of people of color to make this a white country. Yeah, I th- I found it so strange. And then idiots. Christian Piccolini would say things about uh, James DeMore having done uh, alt-right podcasts in the aftermath of his Google memo fiasco. Like almost exclusively hung out with people who were racist or alt-right right. and- or were... Alt-right adjacent like Dave Rubin. Right. And I don't know if that is the case, but because I, I don't really follow James DeMore, um, but Christian Piccolini said this and people were challenging him on it. And it was interesting to have this audience yeah. filled with people that follow Sam Harris and subscribe to this belief that we should value evidence and logic and also expertise, right? That there are people yeah. out there who know more than us. Defer to the expert. Right. And that are more educated in certain areas than we are. And they were challenging him on various points right. that he's, he knows more about. He's the resident expert on white supremacy in for sure in the room. Right. And likely in the country. Right. I mean, he is a, a voice of authority. Right. And they're questioning what he's saying. And so someone got up there and asked, how would he define a neo-Nazi? And it eventually came around to this person saying, well, do you think Jared Taylor's a neo-Nazi? And it was more like this. Um, listen, I just came down from my, my mom's basement and I got a question. What do you think about Jared Taylor? Is he, is he, is he a neo-Nazi? I'll, 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 I'm going to go back to my mom's basement, but after I'm done, oh I'll God. listen to the, to the, to your answer off the air. Thanks. Cause that's what it is. It's a bunch of fucking, these, they are James DeMore want, they wish they could be as cool as the Google memo guy, James DeMore. Yeah, so this person seemed Ugh. very concerned about properly naming Jared Taylor. And if you know who Jared Taylor is, you know that he is a virulent racist. He's the president and founder of the American Renaissance, which is a white supremacy. He's the guy who says, white people, white people. He's he's a racist. And this, this person asking the question was wanting to like nail Christian Piccolini down on how he should be identified because he shouldn't be called a Nazi. And he eventually came around to saying he doesn't want him to be called a Nazi because of the punch a Nazi movement. So he's like really concerned Uh, about violence against Jared Taylor. Like Jared Taylor cannot go anywhere and be safe. And this is a problem. We need to spend like five minutes talking about it. Richard Spencer got punched one fucking time. And this, this basement dweller, Put down the Xbox guy. Is he's concerned that there's just willy-nilly punching of Nazis everywhere? Yeah. Is that the concern? Is that where you should focus your energy, guy? Yeah. Come on. And then there were people that were highly skeptical of dog whistles, even the term and even the idea that people use them. And Sam Harris even said at one point that he's very skeptical of claiming that he has the ability to read people's minds and that he doesn't ever Come want on. to that he doesn't ever want to put on someone that he knows what they really mean. Right. 
And I and I just I'm so shocked by this because that's what white supremacists want you to say. They want to have that wiggle room. Yeah. They want to have people who are out there saying, well, we can't really know what's in their heart. We can just go off what they're saying. Right. Okay. But that's it's the wink, whole point. Wink, white genocide. Wink, wink. That's the whole point of those BuzzFeed emails between Steve Bannon, Milo Yiannopoulos, um, the, the Breitbart people, this undercover movement, this underhanded movement to get these ideas to be more palatable so that people can accept them. To normalize and then regurgitate them and then yes it becomes normalized that's the whole point that's the whole process that's why richard spencer dresses in a suit and has expertly styled fashion hair um (laughs) because he he's not wearing a robe he's not hiding his face he people can be tricked into believing he's an intellectual because he dresses nice and looks nice and says and went, and went to Duke and speaks clearly. And, right, and, speaks yeah. clearly. Um, so that's the whole point of dog whistles. And I, I was just very concerned about the questions that were asked. Now, people who jump up and get to the microphone, those are probably a different type of person. Um, I don't know if they're actually representative of the crowd, right? Uh, but they're there. Yeah, they're there, and they paid to be there. Right. And those people that were asking questions, generally, I was a little, ugh. Well, it, it, and this is more of a point about Sam Harris, because I used to have a lot of respect for Sam Harris. And I don't know what the fuck happened. Maybe he's in such grief over the death of Christopher Hitchens, his friend, that he went off the deep end. But he's for sure gone off the goddamn deep end. It makes you wonder, when, when, when your audience is chiefly and largely, or let's not even go that far, when you have a, a sizable segment of your audience that holds problematic views about race, about equality, shouldn't you kind of check yourself? Mm-hmm. If our audience was filled with with uh, shitty people mm-hmm. who, who had very difficult, unpalatable, dangerous ideas, I would think two things. What can I do to get rid of them? <laughs> what, am, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, and then the other thing would be that: it, it, Am I fostering? Do I have problematic ideas right. that are encouraging these people to follow me and be fans of mine, to be listeners of mine, mm-hmm. to be fucking disciples of mine? Because we've even encountered it. We're gonna get shit for this. Oh yeah, yeah. There's gonna be people coming out of the woodwork. You're just part of the the the, the loony left. Ugh. Well, that's not it. I, come on. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Sam I, Harris has gone off the goddamn deep end. Well, and I I just even this whole thing with um, he had Charles Murray, the author, author of the bell curve um, on his show. And which is a book that argues that that blacks specifically are are genetically less intelligent by, by race. They are less intelligent. Using questionable data that has been that has been called into question. It's a book he published like back in 1995, 1996. That has been panned by critics. That's who Charles Murray is. I mean, this is something that could be talked about for hours. Um, so it, it it's kind of hard to get into it, but but the the most controversial point in the bell curve is that he says black people 
in the United States score lower than average um, than white people on IQ tests, lower than white people on average. Um, so, and that there's a genetic That's basis right. to intelligence. Um, so he does say that there are environmental factors that play a role in that, that it's not entirely a genetic basis, but I believe his argument is that it, it is primarily a genetic basis for um, intelligence. So anyway, there has been a debate now between the editor-in-chief of Vox, Ezra Klein, and Sam Harris, and <laughs> Sam Harris tweeted that that the amount of time that he's spent on this issue, this IQ and race issue gives the false assumption that he actually cares about it. Get and, the and, fuck and, out and of it. Then why spend so the, much time? The thing is, you should go read these emails that he posted to his own website on his blog between him and Ezra Klein. And for someone who doesn't actually care about the issue, you should go read these emails and see. It's like a research paper that they're typing out back and forth, arguing this issue. And the amount of time that is taken to create that email and go back and forth and argue through email, I, I don't understand why. I didn't have why, the energy to read it because the exchange is so long. Yeah, I don't understand why someone would take that much time to if do this. If you don't care. But I understand that he's also coming from a place where he believes that his character is being targeted and that there are false accusations about his character. Well, when you give space to people who have beliefs about the, the genetic basis of a less intelligent race of human beings, and you, you, you beat that drum for so long, people are going to start making assumptions about your character, and, Sam. And so here's what's problematic about that, too, is that um, many of the people who listen to that, to that podcast and follow Sam Harris have now become people who want to talk about this issue all the time. And I guess for me, I'm just wondering why. Be it's, because it's, I don't... It showed up in many of your Facebook threads. I don't hear about solutions to the problem. I don't hear about people wanting to um, level the playing field if this is the reality of the situation. I don't hear people making those arguments. I only hear people wanting to talk about the genetic differences and how there is a difference and forcing people to admit it. And I, mean, I want to hear you say it kind of right, thing. Right. And, and so I don't, I don't understand the point. Where's the utility in that? Even yeah. if that's true, I don't believe it is. But even if it is, why? Why are you so hell-bent on, on, on forcing people's hands and, well, I just want to hear you say it. You need to admit that that's the case. What the fuck? What utility does that have? Well, and talking about this as though it's like PC, you know, oh, you're just so PC, you can't talk about it. Well, you can talk about it. It's just what's the point of the talking about it? But is it going to go anywhere? Are you offering a solution? Like, what's the point? You know? Yeah. Just to sit around and like jerk each other off about how like non PC you are. I don't. Well, no, I think that is what it is. As, as funny as that is, uh, I think that is what it is. Especially with guys like Sam Harris and like Dave Rubin types who are like, oh, this is the front lines of the free speech wars. I'm a free speech guy. So I'm going to say all kinds of horrible, horrible, hateful shit under the guise of, well, I'm just practicing my free speech. Yeah. So I, I, 
I just was very frustrated by the podcast, especially coming from people who consider themselves uh, rational thinkers who are open to evidence, open to hearing other sides, don't like people who are radicals, right? Also, Sam Harris acted like a whiny bitch in that email exchange. Views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. Well, listen, I, I, I want to criticize people. <laughs> well, it is crit- in in a more um, constructive manner. Yeah, in a more constructive way, and well, I don't I, have much love for a guy who who is. Every time he gets criticized in the media, he acts like he's some kind of fucking martyr. Yeah. Oh, I'm being attacked. This is un- this is untenable. I'm being attacked by everyone. Well, your ideas are being attacked. Now, listen, Sam Harris certainly gets attacked by people where I think it's unjustified. People who who want to call him, um, who want to misrepresent his ideas relative to Islam. But he doubles down in a way that makes you wonder, well, fuck, does he really believe the things they're saying he believes? Because I'm getting to the point now where I, I kind of question. I wonder. Anyway. Yeah, so I, I also I think that the way to reach people that are there is not to criticize Sam Harris in that way or even them in that way because much like how Christian Piccolini talked about how he's able to reform these white supremacists that have swastikas tattooed on their forehead um, it isn't through like knocking them around and calling them pieces of shit and saying that they're ignorant and what have they done it's trying to figure out what led them to this place and well, there's a role for everybody as he said filling a hole in their life Um, whether it be a trauma they've experienced or just a lack of education, a lack of access to resources, and trying to fill that hole with something more positive and beneficial. I wonder what his uh, success rate is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. Because if if it's a, a viable thing that he actually is changing hearts and minds, that's something to get behind. Mm -hmm. Should have him on. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yep. (laughs) Yeah, and I I would say to that, too, that I've talked about even in my own personal experience that the people who were able to reach me weren't the people who, like, said I was stupid and, like, wasn't understanding. It was the people who were like, well, wait, where'd you hear that? Who told you that? Um, And kind of patiently worked with me. And if I had been cast aside... Um, and if my teachers had been like overwhelmed by me denying the Holocaust, uh, I, I probably wouldn't have been reached when I needed it the most. So I think it is this hard balance, obviously, because these people are preaching the most hateful ideas, the most damaging ideas, these sickening, disgusting statements that they make. Um, and it's very difficult. So I don't know. It's it's a hard balance to strike because of the anger that you feel naturally, rightly. Um, and for people that encourage it or don't do enough to speak out against it, you know, I mean, it's not hard to say that Jared yeah. Taylor's a bad person. That is not hard to say. 
Uh, it should be very easy. There's n- <laughs> what is the problem? Uh, and so I don't know. But is he a neo-Nazi or a white supremacist? <laughs> That's what Sam Harris audience wants to know. That's the, the burning question in their mind. It's very strange. Very, very strange. I don't know what's going on in the atheist community. <laughs> Do not know. That's why I'm out. Yeah. That is largely why I left a long time ago, because it's at its core, m- many of the people I meet at the at the events or whatever mm-hmm. were like disrespectful toward other human beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're a Christian? Oh, that's so ridiculous. Just because just you don't believe it. If it gives them comfort and they're not hurting anybody, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know. Anyway, let's, we've, let's, <laughs> we've got a couple voicemails to get to. Uh, let's start there. This is, this first one is a continuation of the conversation we've been having about the kiss heard round the world on American Idol involving Katy Perry and one of their contestants who had never been kissed until the moment that she tricked him and offered the cheek mm-hmm. and then turned her face and uh, kissed him on the lips. So uh, we had a, a an emailer who was angry and uh, we addressed it. And here is a, a, another voicemail from a um, friend of the show, guest of the show, Marissa McCool from Inciting Incident Podcast. Hey guys, this is Marissa McCool. Uh, I'm calling in response to how you've had to handle the Katy Perry incident. And what I really think is necessary about, especially you, Jesse, about your journey from there is no rape culture to where you are now is that's where we have to pull most people from. And that's how these happen. It's not just an overnight thing. It's not just something that all of the sudden people understand. And while things you have said have hurt me in the past, I know your heart and I can see where you have come from and where you are and know that you were in the right place. But we also can't deny how we were raised and where we had to come from and pretend that that space doesn't exist anymore. What happened affected people differently, but it did happen and it was not okay. I mean, yes, in retrospect, it was said to be okay, but it was still someone being tricked into something that meant something to them. And take it from somebody who has not only been there, but has also had their identity doubted as well as their legitimacy. Sometimes in retrospect, you do convince yourself that it was okay, that what happened to you wasn't real because maybe you weren't the right age or born with a vagina, or maybe the person who assaulted you did have a vagina or anything like that. A lot of things have to be taken into consideration and how someone reacts in the immediate and in, you know afterward is not always an indication of how it will affect them because you have to sometimes you have to gaslight yourself into believing that what happened was okay and I'm not speaking for this kid I'm just saying we can't always judge it based on what they say right after the fact because for a long time as the caller indicated 
Some people don't know that what happened to them wasn't okay. And there's a long process of acknowledging that, never mind getting over it. It's been four years since I was raped by a woman, and I still have not completely dealt with it or processed what happened. But I love you both, and your hearts are in the right place, and the fact that you're willing to have the difficult conversations and show where you are and where you're coming from and not edit out when you've been convinced that you're wrong is so important. We can all pretend that we're on the same page and we all know what's right and wrong, but that's not reality. That's not how this works. And I think you know that. And the fact that you're willing to talk through that at the expense of perhaps saying things that you regret, I can't help but admire and appreciate. So thank you for that. And thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. Marissa, for the call. Um, I want to say that we did the live stream that day when we took that call. And when we turned off the episode and continued talking on the live stream, we actually mentioned that that was one part of the email that we did not comment on, that we wanted to comment on, which were our comments about how he acted in the immediate aftermath of Katie kissing him yeah. in the moment. And that is for sure 100% a valid uh, point to make that in the aftermath of something happening, someone's reaction does not necessarily indicate whether or not it was okay. They may be feigning. Yeah, I don't. I don't exactly remember how it went down. It's for sure it was on me that I made the statement about he didn't seem blah blah blah. And I don't know if I was describing the moment. I was probably saying something shitty that well he seemed okay. I probably did do that, which is stupid. Yeah, and there there may be a lot of things going into that. There may be social pressure, right? I think particularly for women, if men do something that makes them uncomfortable, they become fearful to say something or act like it's a problem because they don't want to create added risk yeah, to the sure, situation. Sure. Um, and in his case, he may have just wanted to keep things even keel for the show okay? he, well he hadn't even auditioned yet so i'm sure he didn't want to fuck up his chances and maybe getting on the show exactly he didn't get on the show right but you know that, right. that all plays a role sure right and i would agree with marissa that what happened is not right you can't kiss someone against their will right but he in that interview that we played said that he knew walking up there what was going to happen that's what he said you know because yeah uh luke bryan or whoever that guy is said that he the country one <laughs> said that he was going. Do, do you want Katie to kiss you or something? And so he walked up there. Oh, is she going to do it? Oh, is she going to do it? Right, kind of playfully. Yeah. So I think this is a different situation. Knowing the backstory, right? Our initial conversation, we didn't have the full picture. We were talking about things when we didn't necessarily know. Now we have the full picture. I think that changes things a bit. Sure, um, Marissa. As always, I, I appreciate the voicemail and your perspective. I would caution everybody to this, though. Being kissed on a TV show in a way that you didn't perceive your first kiss to be is not having your identity doubted. It is not being raped. It is not being assaulted. It just isn't. And I... I am an advocate for, and I feel so much empathy and pain 
for ladies like Marissa and the previous caller, mm -hmm. Mary, I believe her name was, um, I cannot fucking imagine the aftermath of going through a trauma and the psychic wounds that would follow from an assault, a sexual assault. I'm with you. And I know that stories like this do bring up those past traumas. But I think it's important to keep in perspective the fact that this isn't that. What happened to this kid, to this man, Glaze or whatever, ben, Benjamin Glaze, I think his name is, mm -hmm. isn't a rape, an assault. It isn't a trauma. Some would argue that, well, you can't put yourself and say what is and what isn't a trauma, but... We can scale things up and down. Stubbing your toe is a trauma, but it's not having your leg ripped off in a farming accident. You know what I mean? We need to keep in perspective. Everybody's so emotional and worked up over this, and it's because it's bringing up their personal experiences that they've gone through that are rightfully traumatic. This wasn't that. The, even by the kid's own words, it, it wasn't that. And I know Marissa says, well, I don't want to put words in his mouth. But then you went on to say that intimating or suggesting that it's very possible he's going to reevaluate and come to the conclusion that you've come to or that you seem to have come to. I just, I'm going to take the guy at his word. It wasn't a big deal. It was playful. He walked up there knowing what was going to happen, almost anticipating. Oh, is she going to do it? Is she going to do it? I just keeping in perspective the the stub toe versus the 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 ripped off appendage analogy. I think would be would suit everybody well. Well, and I think that if it if it was a different situation and he didn't know and it played out the way that, that they edited it to seem on the show, then we might be having a different conversation. But because we played the interview with him that gave us the full view of what went on behind yeah. the scenes, I feel like that does change the situation a bit. And you're wading into territory that's problematic for men where Matt Damon tried to make similar arguments about there being differences in things. Um like sexual harassment and sexual assault and how there's there's differences and he was dragged for that. So you're you're entering into territory that is dangerous for men. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I probably probably mm -hmm. and I'm uh I'm a big boy, I know what I'm saying. It, I'm not discounting people's traumas. Mm -hmm. I'm not discounting the, the experiences that people have gone through. Mm -hmm. The rapes the assaults, the, 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 the brutality of that. I'm not. It is fucking horrible. I believe rape should be a capital crime. As long as we're handing out the death penalty, I don't agree with the death penalty, but as long as we are, child molesters and rapists should be added to the fucking list. I don't have a, a, a casual attitude about forcing yourself on another human being.
putting yourself in their space or in them. I do not. I stand on my previous statements. There, there, there is a, an, a, an almost limitless amount of, of content to go back through and wade through and listen to what I've said on the, on the subject. I'm not making excuses for people. But certainly, I think reasonable people could say that what happened on American Idol isn't what happened to Marissa or Mary or, or the previous caller, Ben from Seattle, who was also sexually assaulted as a kid. Well, I assumed in my head as a kid. Those are, are starkly different things than what happened to the guy on American Idol. Anyway, uh, I'm sure we'll still receive feedback on this. We do welcome that. I, I don't mind pushback. I don't mind dissent. In fact, I, I relish it because it is what moves the conversation forward. This is what makes this program different than others. Having people who disagree agreeably is what makes things better. Mm-hmm. It furthers... The, the compendium of knowledge and understanding in the world. Are Brittany you sure Page. Marissa shouldn't just punch you in the face, though? <laughs> I hear that sometimes that's what gets I, it done. Listen, I'm a proponent. <laughs> it is a, it's an attitude check, getting punched in the face. If you've never been punched in the face, well, one, I don't really wholly recommend it, but it'll, it'll, uh, it'll set you straight. Because <laughs> I've, I've been punched in the face a few times, and uh, it makes you think. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Marissa, listen, we love you. We do appreciate you. Thank you for the call. Um, let's move on with this show. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. So we do not have any new Patreon supporters or supporters who have upped their pledge this time. <laughs> um, but you know what? We still love you guys. You're amazing. Thank you so much for your support of the show. Uh, a reminder, we have our Zoom hangouts on Friday the 30th and Saturday the 31st. We should keep calling a Google hangout. not Because it seems scary when you would introduce like a new program. It, it's... So you click a link and you're in. It's not a, there's no. Yeah, it's not complicated. You, you, I'm doing it. Trust me, I'm the least technical ding dong there is. If I'm doing it, a chimpanzee could do it. Yeah. Without training. So the <laughs> hangouts are for $5 a month and up. So if you want to get in on that call, uh, you can join patreon tomorrow at 7 55 p.m pacific time and you will get the link to the zoom hangout don't do it later than that though because i it takes me a long time to send that patreon email <laughs> okay because it's the least intuitive system in the world it is. jack yes ceo of patreon yes get it together brother please <laughs> 
<laughs> so there are other ways you can support the show. You can buy some Dollamore or Classy Laid or You're the Puppet merch at dollamore.info. You can shop through our Amazon link, dollamore.com slash Amazon. That's really, really helpful. Thank you so much to those of you who do that. And also rate us on iTunes and uh, Google Play. I don't know if they review. I, I Listen. But don't use curse words. Well, here, here, here's here's the thing, and this kind of goes off the the promotion and the little the little mid show, the little mid show commercial that we do. Um, I don't, I don't really spend a lot of time looking like at our numbers, at our ratings, so to speak. I don't look at, I don't look at that stuff. So I don't know. I don't know if Google. I don't even fucking know if if Google Play. If our show updates regularly, <laughs> oh. I don't know because I'm I'm you know, I'm I'm more focused on the show. Yeah. I'm doing the show, not all the other stuff. Right, and maybe it's because I'm kind of a dumb guy about the technical stuff. And no. Anyway, um, listen, we we do appreciate you guys. We love you guys. We love the the pushback, the feedback, the advice, the the taking part of the conversation with us. Um, we appreciate the the support through Patreon and and all of the the real, the very real relationships and friendships that have been fostered by the people who take part in our in our Google Hangout call every month. It's a good time. We we love our audience. We really do think we've we've developed something. All of us together have built something special here with this show. And it it uh it gets me right here, Brittany. You see where I'm Stop touching yourself. Right in the heart. <laughs> Stop touching myself. <laughs> oh, damn. Sorry. All right. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So we got a couple things to talk about before uh, we kind of launch into this. And uh, first is the fact that Facebook... They're on some hard times. Oh, yeah. Facebook in particular, Facebook's uh, CEO in particular, what a poor, sad guy. Mm-hmm. He's lost. Uh, the clip you're getting ready to hear talks, I think, the the number they use is $10 billion mm-hmm. just over the course of the last few weeks. And NPR is reporting $14 billion. $14 billion. He's lost his personal net worth, his personal net worth. He has lost double what Donald Trump's entire net worth is. But he's still worth well over 60 billion. So I think he's okay. He's worth 60,000 million dollars. Just wanted that to sink in, everybody. Okay. (laughs) 60,000 million dollars. Listen, just give me 100 Gs, dude. I could make a lot of shit happen with 100 Gs, and you would not miss it. So, Oh, he's on hard times now, being down 14 bill, though. Yeah, and this is uh, largely because of the hashtag delete Facebook movement. Because the stock has plunged. Now to new trouble for Facebook. The FTC has confirmed that it's investigating the social media giant for possibly compromising privacy as concerns grow about Facebook collecting phone and text message data from users who click a specific button on their profiles. This is Rebecca Jarvis here with the latest. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, George. This is pretty shocking for a lot of people. Facebook says it is collecting the call and text history of some users who've opted into sharing that information. It's all in the fine print, but the backlash is growing as many discover just how much data the social network has about them 
and their friends. This morning, Facebook under fire, the pressure intensifying in the wake of that Cambridge Analytica privacy scandal affecting up to 50 million users. The tech titan stock down 10% over the last week. CEO Mark Zuckerberg alone losing nearly $10 billion in net worth in just 11 days. Plus, at least three major companies pulling their ads off the platform, at least for now. Advertisers have no other place to go, but ultimately I think what's most important is that we you know, really be thoughtful about the way that we're advertising on the platform and make sure that we're doing everything that we can to do so responsibly. 37 attorneys general writing to Mark Zuckerberg, they are, quote, profoundly concerned, demanding the social network updates users with easier ways to control their accounts. And now a number of employees inside Facebook tell ABC News they're disturbed and outraged by the situation. This was a major breach of trust. And And I'm really sorry that this happened. Meantime, new questions about just how much information Facebook's been collecting. The company now acknowledging Messenger and Facebook Lite users with Android phones who've uploaded contacts and chosen to opt in have had their call and text history logged. Like Dylan McKay posting to Twitter what appears to be a full call log from his phone, which goes back years. Facebook seems to be reeling from all this, Rebecca. Their stock has taken a hit over the last few days. But walk us through the issues with this Messenger app right now. So the the issues with Messenger, and this is for Android users, this is what we're referencing in the piece here. Anybody who has that Messenger app or Facebook Lite and an Android phone can turn this off by unsyncing their contacts. So you turn that synced contacts to off. That way you're not sharing the information. And that will guarantee that you won't share any more information. That guarantees you're not sharing that information with Facebook. Okay, well, that is important information. Rebecca, thank you. Thanks very much. So the three companies that they mentioned that have deleted their pages are Tesla, SpaceX, and Playboy. And Playboy deleted their page primarily over privacy concerns. Yeah. And we'll get back to that in a second. But the problem with these companies deleting their pages is what the clip talked about, that ad revenue. So the more that... Uh, pages delete the more that people delete their pages and then disengage from the platform yeah. uh, the engagement rates are going to start plummeting and then the overall ad revenue exactly is right. going to go down and so that's primarily the issue here and like playboy deleting their page over privacy concerns i'm not sure what's behind that like if they don't want the people who like the pictures or comment on the pictures or follow the page. I don't know what Playboy is posting on their Facebook page. (laughs) I have no idea. Um, But obviously the privacy issue was paramount for them. Sure. So I think that's what it is for a lot of people. And you're seeing even just regular people, not businesses, uh, going to Twitter to say hashtag delete Facebook and actually taking action to delete their Facebook because of these privacy issues. Now, listen, I know that a lot of people say, well, they're never going to go under. But think about if you had MySpace, at MySpace, at their, their pinnacle, at, the, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the, their apex, when they were the most popular thing out there, could you imagine them of just saying, oh, well, it's not going to be a thing in another year? Mm-hmm. MySpace went from zero, from 60 to zero almost overnight. Yeah. The same exact thing could happen to Facebook. Mm -hmm. Just because right now they are it doesn't mean they will remain it. Um, And they are right now. They are going through a thing where it used to be, 
you would have to go really deep into the into the several pages deep to get to your your privacy concerns and your settings and it was all scattered across the site it wasn't centrally located they made it i believe purposefully a pain in the ass to get to the bottom of what exactly your setup was related to your private information and now that's changing Facebook under fire, the company making major changes to your privacy settings, putting them all in one place. We're going to show you tonight. They say they hope it makes it easier to delete or download every post, picture and comment Facebook has ever tracked. We did it today with one of our producers and what she found. Here's our chief business correspondent, Rebecca Jarvis. Tonight, in the face of growing backlash, Facebook unveiling changes designed to make it easier for users to protect their privacy. You'll be able to download and understand more about what kind of data Facebook has on you, and Facebook is going to make it easier to delete some of that data if you want to. Instead of nearly 20 separate screens, you will soon be able to access settings through one page. Plus, a more straightforward way to delete anything you don't want in your Facebook profile, including apps, posts, photos, and comments. Facebook already under fire this week after confirming it logs text and calls for some Android users. Access Facebook says those users allowed. And tonight, Apple CEO Tim Cook making news, telling Recode, I wouldn't be in this situation. Something he hinted at when I asked him about the responsibility of tech companies to their users. It's the people that create the products that decide whether they are making products that do good or not. And there's a lot of uh, good products that can be used in bad ways. Tonight, Facebook is acknowledging it must do more to keep people informed. And for anyone who wants to see a copy of personal information they've shared on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash settings from a desktop and click download for a copy of your Facebook data. I know a lot of you are thinking about this at home. Rebecca's with us. Our producer tried this today. What did you all find? Yes, she did, David. This is just some of the files. She stopped printing to conserve paper. And in these documents, she's been a member of Facebook since 2006. She found phone numbers of friends she hasn't spoken to in the last decade. Well, now she has their numbers if she wants to call <laughs> them again. But in the meantime, let me just show this to you at home. This is right here. This is the stack. And she said... She stopped printing to conserve paper. This is only paper. some of it, yes. Some of what Facebook has on her tonight, and we'll have all of this online for people at home. Not her information, but tips for you to download it yourself. Thanks, Rebecca, again tonight. Why do they want all this? <laughs> so they're thumping this giant paper on the, gr- on the table, showing how thick this file is that they have on this person some people like it thick Brittany. Mm. (laughs) okay well why why does facebook need why 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 do they want to keep all this information it it obviously costs a lot to store this much information on this many people or how are they doing it's valuable intelligence relative to targeting ads more effectively for your particular it's like metadata. But, uh, this is just reams and reams of little points of data that can be used through algorithms like this psychographic data stuff with Cambridge Analytica. It's all kind of the same thing. That's why Facebook data, that's why they used Facebook data, Cambridge Analytica, because it's so valuable and there's so many data points that that, that really paint a picture of who you are. To let them know more about you than the people who know and love you the most. I will say that academic Twitter <laughs> is um, very critical of this idea that 
um, that data could provide any kind of substantial information about anybody to actually make a difference. Um, there are people like in personality psychology that kind of laugh it off, um, mm. saying that they they wish that they could um, <laughs> actually do the things that people believe that um, Cambridge Analytica was capable of doing. So there are people in academia that believe that this is like kind of a pseudoscience. Um, and Tell that to Brexit and Donald Trump. I mean, we have, we have evidence that the methods that they've used have been effective. Well, to that, I would say that we don't know if there's actually a causal relationship there. I mean, that, yeah, that's true. That, that is, yes, but we don't know if there's actually a causal relationship between the psychographic profiles that they were able to create using the data and these actual outcomes um, in the elections. So, but whatever, I, I'm sure it was relevant somehow. And what is reality is that there are concerns with... Uh, them storing all of your call logs and all of the messages that you've ever sent and having this information and keeping it and using it in a way that is not good yeah. um, and giving it away to people. In in their defense... We're not giving it away. But. In, in their defense, Facebook's defense, you do agree they're not keeping shit that you haven't agreed that they keep. Mm-hmm. Like these Android users. I've seen the, the screenshots of the buttons where you agree that they log your stuff to help you track your blah, 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 or whatever the reasons are. Like the call logs. Is yeah, they say, oh, we're going to do this and it'll help you with X, Y, and Z. And you're like, oh, okay. And you click the button. Yeah, well, you remember when there was controversy when Facebook Messenger first came out and people weren't downloading it. Was it because of this? Because of that notification saying... Uh, that they're going to track your calls or whatever, because they just said in that clip that if you go into Messenger and turn off the connection to your contact list... On Android, not on iPhone. Right. But yeah. I think I think maybe that was some of the fear with the Messenger app initially. Yeah, I, I remember there was consternation over it. I, I'm never one to worry too much about all this, because if they want to, you know be able to deliver more accurately, you know, clothing ads or whatever dumb shit I've been looking on on the internet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, researching for the show and doing doing show prep work, the FBI would just love to look at my search history. Like, what? Why are you looking at bombers and, and mass shooters? And what's going on over there? Well... So I'm sure I've got them all fucking confused. Apparently, <laughs> apparently Facebook knows more about me than I know about myself. Like they live in my bra drawer because 90% of my ads are trying to get me to buy a new bra. And I feel like my bras are fine. I don't need a new one. Um, Zuck's kind of a perv. But they're trying to force it on me. I mean, every time I log in, it's get this new bra from whatever this company is. I'm like, what the hell? It's fine. I don't need that. I get a lot of mattress ads. Mm. Like space age new mattresses. <laughs> space age. You know what I mean? Yeah, the the ones that they now ship and then they you unfold them and then they poof up. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. They poof. They poof up. Yeah. That's right. Very funny. So not that funny. That that's my indicator of uh, you know, you tried. Hmm. <laughs> I wasn't trying no, to be I'm more, funny. I'm, making, I'm more <laughs> making a joke about my response to not. I'm like, oh, that's very Yeah, whatever. Funny. We all know that you're a dick. So anyway, what's the <laughs> next subject? Is what's there the a... Next subject? Are we talking about something? 
No, I, I, I thought we would. Well, I was going to get into the whole thing about these conservative women who are. Yes. You want to do that? Yeah. And then we'll end the show. Yes. So Donald Trump obviously has had he's been inside of adult film actresses and, Ugh. you know, I don't. Why do you have to say it like that? Why do you have to phrase it like that? Because it's you know it's uh, it, it conjures imagery. This is an I audio. know, and I don't this is like a it. Spoken word podcast, Brittany Page. Mm-hmm. I need to I need to enliven the imagery into the minds of the listeners. No, you do not. Donald Trump's come on shriveled. Hey, no, sweaty. Come on, stop it. Seriously, <laughs> come on. Well, anyway, according Jesus. to evangelical women, Randy Kay from CNN, while Anderson Cooper was interviewing adult film star Stormy Daniels, and I'm going to start calling her a adult film star, not porn star, and only because that's how she referred to herself. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's pejorative to say. Actually, I'll probably end up still calling her a porn star because she is a pornographic movie star. I thought you were going to be making a point about because she refers to herself in a certain way. You're going to use that language to refer to her. I am going to. I'm going to try. Okay. Porn star is just so, you know, it's because I don't say it as like a fucking porn star like these ladies do. Uh huh. And that's where I'm getting at here is that. Randy Kay sat down with these evangelical women. It is a diverse crowd. There's 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 women of color there. There's clearly white over make over makeup women, um, you know, like the Tammy Faye types, and they are talk about heads in the fucking sand. It, this is unbelievable and sad. Their reactions, maligning Stormy Daniels while holding up Donald Trump as some kind of a paragon of morality and decision-making. New CNN polling out tonight shows almost two-thirds of Americans say they believe the women alleging affairs with Donald Trump before he became president. 21% say they believe the president's denials of those affairs. Last night, CNN's Randy Case spent the evening with a group of women, all Trump supporters, who watched my interview with Stormy Daniels. You're smart. She's enjoying this way too much. On Palm Sunday, these conservative Christian women gathered in Dallas to watch Stormy Daniels' interview on 60 Minutes. She was shopping her story for money, just like all the other people that have tried to make money off the Trump name. What was your first impression of Stormy Daniels? I feel sorry for her. My heart hurts for her. This is a porn star. Why are we giving it any credibility? Exactly. And the fact that she now wants to come out with a story because she's afraid of her children. My (laughs) goodness, would you tell the kiddos about your full-time job? These women all voted. You hear that, lady? My goodness, what you tell... Wait a minute. Wouldn't be the same, Brittany. My goodness, what'd you tell the kiddos about your full-time job? Praise Jesus. No judgment. Judge not lest ye be judged. Come on. Here's what bothers me about this is the uh, none of these women have watched porn. None of them. No, they are. None of them have watched porn. It's the same thing that bothers me when I hear pastors going on about the evils of sodomy. And it's like, you've never had a blowjob. You know, (laughs) you've you've never had oral sex. Mm -mm. You know, I just it's hard to believe. And I I don't like the self-righteousness and acting like because she's a porn star that she 
can't be taken seriously or that she doesn't have the the right to go on a TV show and talk about her experience well, or also, that we need to act like she's not she, a person. She she was clearly good enough for Donald Trump to enter. Right. And to, well, it's just to completely discount her because she's a porn star. And I see men doing this all the time, right? Men speaking terribly about her when the the searches on porn websites <laughs> right. they, off the charts they tell when the 60 truth. Minutes was yeah. going on. So you know that these men who were like shooting off a tweet about how she's the worst person ever then opened Pornhub and typed in, typed in Stormy Daniels <laughs> and did whatever they did. Couldn't get their pants down quick enough. But I just, I, I don't like that either. So don't criticize this woman when you're, you know, watching her perform. All right. That's how I phrase that. (laughs) And despite Stormy Daniels' claims, they still don't buy her story. Why would she come out and give this interview if she wasn't telling the truth? Based on this interview, do any of you believe that Stormy Daniels did have sex with Donald Trump? I don't believe it because I haven't seen any hard proof. Should we we believe the president of the United States or a stripper porn star? I go with the president of the United States. Most in this group believe God ordained Donald Trump to be president and stand by him despite his imperfections. I know that when I voted for him, I wasn't voting for a choir boy. He had to change as a person in order to become a president. Stormy Daniels, if you... Um, the the lifestyle that she's leading right now. I mean, I wish she would turn her life over the way that Trump has. (laughs) This group suggests the women coming forward with tales of having had an affair with Trump are being targeted. Someone is looking and shopping for these people to come out of the woodwork because it is demeaning to our president. And as some strongly suggested, all part of a media plot to bring down Donald Trump. You can throw all of that stuff up in our face as many times as you want, but that means that we will work harder for Trump. Is that not so, ladies? That's correct. This is the media defining the narrative. The people, we the people, are ready to define the narrative. And it's not about tawdry, sexual uh, peccadillos. In order for somebody to come forward, you can be pushed by somebody else, right? And so I think the thing is, is you're looking for a way to impeach my president that I worked very hard for. I'm asking you about a Stormy Daniels interview on 60 Minutes, period. That's it. And about that so-called hush money, these women don't see Trump's fingerprints on it, only his lawyer, Michael Cohen's. Maybe he thought he was just doing a favor to try to quash some negativity. Right when they were even, even though it didn't even happen just to get rid of the story that's not even true which would also mm-hmm. follow suit that that uh, non-disclosure was unsigned because trump may not have known about it at all worst case scenario if he slept with her whatever <laughs> that's between him the lord right. and oh, his family that's right that is not right. about exactly. the job he's doing in that's running right. our country which he's doing an amazing job Mm. Randy K, CNN. Which she's Dallas. doing an amazing job. So she called it a peccadillo. That's mm-hmm. the word that she used. Yeah. Really? That's all. Yeah. Well, peccadillo. This is just a little minor deal, right? Not a big deal. It, no. They want it both ways, these freaks. 
Well, they they want it. Go ahead. I have a couple other things, so don't jump in here. Um, <laughs> so the the first thing when you played the clip uh, that jumped out at me was who would you believe, the president or a porn star? Listen, he just became president a year ago. Before that, he was a reality star who was a little too cozy going to Playboy mansion parties. Grabbing pussies. And talking about grabbing pussies. And so... He just became president. So don't act like he, oh, are we going to believe this very successful person who has lived a life of service? Oh, well, that's not who he is. He just became president. Right. So calm it down with the comparisons. And someone who is looking, someone is looking for these people to come out and demean Trump. That's what she said. Someone yeah. is looking for these people. So conspiratorial language there. Um, Stormy Daniels is not having a great time. Okay. I mean, she's making more money. She said that, that she's making more money. Temporarily. Yeah. Um, she, she's at great peril financially because of the lawsuit. Yes. And she's having fun with the trolls on Twitter. But as someone... Which she is vanquishing expertly. Yeah. As someone who has a very tiny, tiny amount of <laughs> trolling happen in comparison... It's not really fun to deal no. with those people and it can be very maddening and it can wear you down. And so even though she's handling it very well, it's not fun to be in that position yeah. where you open your Twitter app and there are hundreds, if not thousands of people tweeting and calling you a whore and, you know, a dumb bitch or whatever it might be. And I go to dumb bitch because I've been called that several times online. <laughs> Um, but it, it's not a, it's not an easy road that she's on. Yeah. So they can act like that. There's like something that she, she's having so much fun on the interview. She's getting so much out of this. I don't know that that's true. This isn't an easy thing that she's doing and she may be putting on a, a strong face and like it's going okay. But I'm sure there are moments behind the scenes where she breaks down and like, this is too much and yeah. it's overwhelming. Um, but she's trying to get this story out there because it's important. And these people just don't believe it. Even if her motives are, are, are solely self-interested, it happened. It's her story. She should be able to tell it. Exactly. And these evangelical women and men, they want, they, they want it both ways. Well, Donald Trump has denied it. But even if it did happen, blah, blah, you can't, it's either no, he didn't do it. Why are we still talking about like he did it? He denies it. He says he didn't do it. I believe he didn't do it. He didn't do it. There's not a but if he did. Because if he didn't do it, he didn't do it. Right. That, that's it. Mm -hmm. But they're fucking... Horrible hypocrites, disgusting, wretched hypocrites. These people, seriously, fuck them, every single one of them. The Jerry Falwell Juniors of the world. Do I need to play the disclaimer again? You're looking at me like, you motherfucker. I think everyone knows that it's just, <laughs> it's just so aggressive. Um. <laughs> well, fuck them. Because it, what do you think that hag would have said about Bill Clinton. Yeah, I, I understand. I understand. I, you know, and I... I and she would have been right about Bill Clinton, but because this is her guy. Yeah, so no. and you get a lot of... Everyone loves this, right? Um, 
everyone has less love for the way that I am and react to things, and that's fine. But I just the episode started off so good. I just try <laughs> I try to be more even keel because I think that that's how we're going to move forward. And I would have loved to have been in the room with these women <laughs> while this was going on. Not because I believe I would change their minds, but because I would love to have the opportunity to push back on it and to poke holes in their logic. And I understand that's not Randy Kay's job. She's a journalist that was just reporting on their reactions and yeah. showing their reactions. It's not her job to try to convince them otherwise or even make suggestions to the contrary of what they're saying. So I get that, but I, I would have loved to have had the opportunity and much of that would have involved refraining from saying that they're hypocrites and whatever. Um, so yes, it is hard, but what we talk about on the show is moving the conversation forward and trying to change hearts and minds. And where that comes in is trying to get people to see a logical perspective. And if they feel as though they need to defend themselves, they're less likely to do that. Yeah, but it's also calling calling a spade a spade. When someone's acting like a fucking hypocrite, they're going to get called a fucking hypocrite. You know what I mean? You're, you're, I mean, look, as with everything we talk about, ultimately, you are right. I shouldn't debase myself and lower myself to be calling people hags and names. But I don't look at calling someone a hypocrite a pejorative. Calling her a hag is fucking out of bounds. It's dumb. It is weak and cheap. I shouldn't do it. But it makes me feel good very, very briefly. <laughs> Momentarily, it makes me kind of feel good. Because well, fuck her. But mm -hmm. calling her a hypocrite, that, that's just... That's true. That is factual. That's true. I would. That's fair. Now, mm -hmm. adding the modifier of fucking hypocrite... There we go. That just puts a little stank on it. A little... Uh, mm. uh, okay. You know? Yeah. But should we end there? With think, the stank, I or you got you got a you got another asshole today, or I have or taking care of business. I have an asshole today. If you, there we go. Here we go. It's the asshole of today. A uh, Heineken. Heineken. Oh yeah, Heineken. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. So they have withdrawn a television advertisement. Um, after it created a lot of controversy and accusations of racism. So basically, this is what happens in the ad. And if you haven't watched it, this is what happens in the ad. So you can go watch it to verify that what I'm telling you is correct. But this is what happens. Um, there's a bartender and he takes a, a bottle of Heineken and he slides it past three black people. Okay. And it stops at the hand of a lighter-skinned woman. And then the slogan appears, and it says, Sometimes lighter is better. And it's an ad for, did you already say Heineken Light? Yes. Yeah. And I don't understand how this got past people. So there are some people that say they did this on purpose to create this firestorm, to raise the profile of the advertisement to get more attention or something. And I don't know how I feel about that argument because this seems like a tremendous risk to a business. You'd um, think so. I mean, right? You'd think so, yeah. I mean, but, but the thing is, these ad firms, this isn't like a couple of dudes who work down the hall in Heineken headquarters. They hire massive advertising agencies who come up with a concept and flesh out every single thing about it. Mm-hmm. 
they do psychographic type research on the market. They know uh, how these commercials are going to affect regions, uh, regionally within the United States, almost community, community, um, community to community. Mm-hmm. So I just I I don't I don't see it as a oh we wow we. We the, the entire time from conception of the idea to filming to editing to putting this thing to storyboarding, it's a you don't just like come up with an idea and go down to your local studio and film it. It's there is all kinds of hundreds of eyes maybe. Yeah, that's what's on something that's like what's this. so confusing to me is they released a statement apologizing for it obviously and said that they missed the mark, which is always this phrase that they use. And it seems so obvious. How did you have three black people and then a lighter skinned person and the beer is going past the black people and then you say lighter is better and you don't put two and two together? Like there's already diversity issues like casting enough of a diverse cast in your commercial and then you use the diversity in such a way that creates like a racist message what's going on yeah and and all the people that you're talking about that work on the commercial they didn't stop and think huh this is kind of sending the wrong message actually we need to like not have the beer go past only darker skinned people oh that's just a coincidence yeah come on that's not a coincidence of casting and so then there are people who say these companies know exactly what they're doing and talking before we started talking about it, I would have been of that opinion. Mm-hmm. But now that we're talking about it, no, I mean before I would have thought that yeah, it was just kind of a mistake or right. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe they they are doing this on purpose. Yeah, and so- maybe they've done it in the past enough that they know they can weather the storm and get some some mileage out of it. Mm-hmm. There must be benefit to doing it. Yeah, I don't know. So tell us what you think. 657-464-7609 or send a voicemail or email to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love to hear from you. Those are the numbers mm-hmm. and the email address. Correct. Let's end it there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Listen, if you'd like to support the show, we would love to have you in our Patreon family. Go to dollamore.com slash Patreon. There you can sign up at whatever level, the 5 or the 10 or the 2 or the 10 or the 25. I said 10 twice. Maybe I'm fixated on the 10. But we do the Google Hangout calls. We we ship out the stickers. We do the live streams every single Sunday on YouTube of the show, of the live recording of the show. There's all kinds of perks. There's also Amazon, dollamore.com slash Amazon. You can buy Dollamore merch, dollamore.info. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And we we labor for you. We, as Brittany just said, would love to hear from you about these or any other topics. 657-464-7609. Of course, email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page... I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Um, listen, I just came down from my, my mom's basement and I got a question. What do you think about Jared Taylor? Is he is he is he a neo Nazi?